Hey friends, you're listening to Changing the Conversation, a podcast by African Leadership and the Mocha Club, where we take time to sit down and explore topics to challenge our perspective in pursuit of better loving people and the world around us. Hey friends, welcome to Changing the Conversation. This is your host, Fallon, and usually hear another voice on this podcast, my co-host, Emily Blackledge. She's out of the office today. So you're just hearing from me and our guests, but we're so excited um, that you're here to listen in. Today, we are speaking with our Mocha Club Journey team from last summer. Each year, Mocha Club tries to take a trip to visit our project partners over in Africa, whether it's in Kenya or Ethiopia or Malawi or the Congo, wherever the needs are. And last year, we took a couple friends to visit two of our project partners in Kenya, both in Mombasa, Kenya, and in Nairobi. So today, you'll be hearing from two of our trip members from the Mocha Club Journey team, and they're just going to be sharing their perspective on how Mocha Club approaches trips and international travel. So they'll be sharing their most impactful experiences, funny stories, and just how their perspective has shifted now traveling with Mocha Club. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with my friends, Catherine and Allison. Okay, ladies. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you. Thanks. So excited to be with friends. This is so sweet. Okay, listeners, I am sitting with two dear friends, Catherine Tuck and Allison Buccanani. And these two girls and I and a couple other people traveled to Africa last summer together. So we are now family. Truth. <laughs> As happens when you travel for a long time with people. Close quarters. And yes. share rooms and beds and everything yes towels and snacks and literally everything hair one medicine hair <laughs> one, one hair, hair dryer. dryers secrets wait okay <laughs> will you guys please from your perspective share with our listeners the story of the surprise of the trip oh goodness okay <laughs> <laughs> Well, Allison, take a little bit of it from the beginning because yeah, I think we, that was the biggest surprise. The for reason you. we were very excited to be in Nairobi on that particular day is because we were preparing to help with a 5K race. And the 5K was being hosted and planned by New Dawn School and their staff and their students. And we had supported them through Mocha Club for over 10 years. Is that right, Fallon? Yeah. I think so. As a volunteer for that, it was really fun to be on the ground and know that we were going to see it executed the next day. But it did feel like maybe someone was missing. <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, so now Fallon is a... You is chaired a, the race yeah. with this person. There were a bunch of us that helped, but this was a key person, right, that we were thinking of. So that's a good hint. But I was going to say Fallon is normally a very honest and truthful girl. <laughs> Not a liar, but in this case, she lied. She lies. She lies. <laughs> and she told us, Catherine and me, that she was headed off to exchange money, blah, blah, blah. Another 30-minute to an hour drive away. Yeah, so just to give some context thing. on the story, this yep. is the middle of the trip. We've already visited Mombasa and Peter, one of our project partners over there. We are now in Nairobi visiting Irene, getting ready for this race that we've come to help put on and support and whatnot. And so... Fallon lied. 
and told us she had to go to a specific bank. <laughs> yep, I had which to go to the an bank. Hour away at night, which we didn't believe. No, no. We you were got like, you ladies were like, wait, don't you want someone? And I was like, no, I don't need anyone. I'm just gonna go by myself. We were gently like, well, that's a terrible decision. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys let me go. We so. did. We did. <laughs> you were tough, and we worried. We fretted. We read books. She lied that she got <laughs> sick, so it took longer. So then we really worried. We texted. Uh-huh. <laughs> But we didn't know, but we were determined not to go to bed until she was safely in her bed tucked Which in. was very sweet. Thank you. So we were full pajamas. Um, I think oh, yeah. watching a movie on the iPad or something in bed. And Get a um, knock. It was late. No, 11. I texted. I texted. Oh, that you were here. That you made yeah, I texted it back. Allison. And I was like, hey, you are say? you guys still up? <laughs> we are like, yes, we've been waiting for you to be here. <laughs> And then you scared us because you said you had to talk to us about something. So we thought something went wrong. Maybe uh, she was sick. Something like that. You yeah, know, I don't something know. Or we but then we got like I texted y'all, if I can remember correctly. You did. I texted y'all and you was did. like, hey, I'm back. I'm going to come up if you have some medicine I can have. Oh, okay. That's, so I think we yeah. thought she was sick. It was so traumatizing. Like the story is so traumatizing. I, I understand details. We were nervous. So anyways, we I go. We're expecting the worst. <laughs> so that's where our heads are. So I walk up the stairs to their room. Knock, knock, knock. <laughs> oh, I couldn't make the key work. And it took Allison five minutes to open the door. Let's just pause the and keys. say that I am a skilled key user, <laughs> but this was not your hotel key, and it certainly wasn't a normal door key. It was a skeleton key that you might have found in the Lion, the Witch, in the wardrobe. <laughs> it was like six inches tall. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the outside of the door knocking. And Allison's fumbling with the key for a good three minutes. It took a long time. It was embarrassing. And finally, they open up the door, and what happened? Well, we were in a corner of Kenya behind a wall in a guest house, truly on the other side of the world from anyone we knew. So when we saw someone we knew, we screamed bloody murder. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, what? What?" I'm going to hurt the listener's ears. No, you're good. You're good. I was still in bed. I stayed in bed. I, I think I just said, I couldn't really. I was like, get up, Catherine. Get up. Look. I couldn't even tell her the story. It would be surprising if Andy Brazier popped in my house this weekend unannounced. It was definitely surprising in the middle of a foreign country. (laughs) Yes. So that is what happened. (laughs) I surprised the team with an extra team member, Mr. Andy Brazier, who unfortunately is not on the podcast this afternoon because he has budgets he has to submit. Andy. But that was the best part of the trip, in my opinion, because that was probably the best surprise I've ever been able to And you manage. pulled it off well. I pulled you it did. off pulled so it off well. well. We have video. too well. I know. Maybe I'll post the video and have our listeners go watch it because it's <laughs> so good. I'm just glad I kept my mouth to a minimum of words. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were very surprised. Allison screamed, she lies, she lies. <laughs> She did. She very convincingly lied to our face. I didn't think that you had it in you. I know. I did it. Well, because... Well, in fairness, he booked the trip, his part of the trip, a week prior. Oh, literally mm-hmm. literally so. six days before his arrival in Kenya, he called and said, hey, do you think I could maybe just come and surprise the girls? And I said, heck yes, let's do it. <laughs> Thank goodness he was there because we ended up putting all those tents and we needed someone with some height. True. I thought you were going to say muscle, and I was going to say, like, you have pretty big muscles, but <laughs> the height muscles. factor, yes. These three. You're correct. He, the just, height he just brought the height. He did bring the height. Yes. It was helpful. It was helpful. So I surprised him. 
This is our Mocha Club Journey 2018 team that you're listening to, if I haven't already said that before. Mocha Club tries to take trips every summer to visit our project partners, to just see the work on the ground that our Mocha Club members support. And so last year, these two ladies, our other friend Angel and then Andy, completed our Mocha Club 2018 team. And so it was a really sweet trip. The reason I wanted to bring them on the podcast is... At Mocha Club, we constantly talk about how we encourage people to leverage themselves. Um, And that doesn't always look like financial giving, but it can look like leveraging your skills or leveraging your experiences. But we also say that if you attend Mocha Club trip, if you go and visit our project partners, that's another way for you to leverage yourself because you're being informed um, on what's going on in the world. You're being informed about the projects and people that we support. And I think being informed is really the first step to change, in my opinion. So it's a really big deal that you guys went to Africa with us. So I guess I should say thank you. Ah, it was awesome. (laughs) Loved it. Thank you for leading the way and planning. Yeah, well, you're welcome. I'm I'm learning. Um, okay, so before we jump into more details and share with our listeners kind of how our, our experience was in Africa, let's just paint a picture of each of you individually. So, Catherine, let's start with you. Give us three sentences. What makes up Catherine Tech? Can Allison tell yep, you about I'll me? I'll do Catherine. You can do me. <laughs> Better this plan. Is hilarious. We always follow the directions Fallon gives no. us so closely. <laughs> I hate talking about myself, so. Catherine's lived in Nashville for 10 years. Almost 12. 12 years. Almost 12. And she's very close with her family. She sees them all the time. She actually lives with her brother, who's a chef. If you ever can invite yourself over, you'll be glad you did. Get to eat. Um, she also has a niece and nephew here in town that she loves and a whole bunch of family out of town that she keeps up with really closely. She's a great friend. She is not type A. We discussed this on the trip a lot. We did. But she is an organized traveler, and she will make sure we Was don't miss our flight. the only one that brought et cetera. a correct hair dryer. And a correct True. outlet. What are those called? Adapter. Adapter. <laughs> <laughs> outlet changers. Catherine enjoys puzzles. She enjoys traveling the world. She enjoys bar classes. And she will make you laugh if you spend any amount of time with her. It's true. How's that? <gasps> Thanks. That was a really like good it. summary. Thanks. I love it. Now to talk about you. Yep. You don't want to talk about yourself? Nope. <laughs> Allison. She is amazing at what she does. She has a huge heart. She works. She runs, not just works for, <laughs> but runs the Nashville office for St. Jude. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Catherine. Does an amazing job. Not necessarily true, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. Friends at the office, if you're listening, please laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, she is, uh, talk about an amazing friend, someone that is very loyal Um, I've known her for, I don't know, quite a while. Lived together for one year. Two years. Two two years, sorry. Thanks. It doesn't matter, living or not living with Allison. She's an amazing person, has an amazing heart, and she's someone that definitely is a leader Mm. for sure. How long have you lived in Nashville? From Memphis? Eleven. Eleven years. Ah, Peter. She's older, though, so. (gasps) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And wiser. That's Much usually what that means. Some may say. Right? <laughs> I love it. Oh, that was good. I like that you guys introduced each other. Mm-hmm. That was sweet. Yeah, these two girls are sweet friends, so it's fun to go on a trip with them because it's just easy. And yeah, we had a really great time. We know each other's quirks. We love them. Yes. We embrace. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Did you have any like a drama happening in the room upstairs that I didn't see because I was downstairs? No. no. <gasps> 
<laughs> so good. <laughs> she reads so. books and journals, and I open my iPad and watch TV shows. I love it. Uh, true, but I did read a book in this Africa, and now I'm back to my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> I was good. worried that I wouldn't have enough batteries, but really we did. Just a tip if any of y'all are traveling. There's ways. You know, yeah. you can charge things. Mm-hmm. Get that, uh, what do you call it? The plug changer? What did you call it earlier? I don't know. Adapter. Mm -hmm. There you go. Vocab. Asking these two girls to come on the trip was such an easy ask because they are people people. Does that make sense? Like, they are lovers of people. They connect well with others. Allison, like we said, works for St. Jude's, so she's constantly working with volunteers and donors. Um, and her staff and Catherine is in event planning. So she's constantly working with people. And so I knew that they were going to be such an asset to come on this trip and to just love on our partners in Africa and in Kenya specifically. I knew that they would just really display the love of our Mo Club members um, directly to our partners. So it was an easy ask to say, you two need to come. We're like, what day? Every year. <laughs> Listeners, pay our way. We will go every year. <laughs> good idea. I love it. That is a good idea. <laughs> Wait, so uh, can I ask, why did you guys say yes to my request to join? For me, I would say, well, I've always wanted to go to Africa. So it was a great opportunity. I've loved missions mm-hmm. for a long time. And I was feeling that urge to find that place again. And it was very easy with Mocha Club because I was a part of Ellie's Run for Africa here in Nashville um, because of Allison. So it was just, it was an easy yes. Didn't even think about it. Thought later, what am I doing? But I went with it and I loved it. And if I could go back every year, I would. Mm. And had you heard of Mocha Club before? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Because through Fashionable. Yeah. From when I moved here, when it was just scarves being made. Yes. So for the listeners that might not know what we're talking about, Fashionable, which is a company that now goes by the name ABLE, A-B-L-E, it started as a campaign out of Mocha Club just to support the women in Ethiopia that we had partnered with who were coming out of the sex industry. And so they were learning new job skills, and one of those skills was sewing scarves. And so we wanted to help support them by um, bringing that market over here to sell the scarves and obviously send the support back to them. And so... This campaign just grew like crazy. Like Catherine said, it started out as scarves, maybe like five styles, and then it just blew up. People loved it. And now it's its own for-profit company, and it sells clothes and shoes and leather products and all sorts of things. So, yeah, go check out Abel. I think it's livefashionable.com is Mm -hmm. the website. So, Okay, awesome. And then Allison? Yeah, similar urges, but I was also specifically excited to go to New Dawn School. And the last time that I was there was in 2009, I think. So I knew so much had changed and I'd been able to follow along in Mocha Club emails and checking in with Mocha Club staff and other people that have visited. But I wanted to go see it in person and give hugs and see Irene, the founder. I've kept up with her over the years. So I was excited to go back to that. And then I was really excited to also go somewhere totally new that I knew nothing about. So Mm -hmm. I love the combination of both. And I had told Fallon if they were going to go for the race I was in. So when she said, we're doing it, I was like, okay, send me the date. So (laughs) like you said, it wasn't a big decision. It was 
um, one that had made long before. It just needed to find the right time. Yeah. And we've alluded to this already, but I just want to give backstory on the race that we keep talking about um, at Nudon High School. So one of Mocha Club's project partners is called Nudon. The founder of that school, her name is Irene. She's one of our dear, dear friends. And she started a school in the middle of a slum in Kenya. And when we heard about it, we wanted to support the building and we wanted to support the students and the school fees and whatever we could. We just wanted to support it. And we had a lot of Mogul Club members on this end of the world also wanting to support it. And so we had a group of volunteers come together and say, let's put on a race to support the Mogul Club. Um, There's a girl named Ellie Ambrose, and she heard um, about these students and she got really fired up about wanting to put on a race. And so as how old was she? 11? She was 10 when she started, and we didn't hear about Mocha Club until, I mean, sorry, we always supported different projects for Mocha Club, but we didn't start supporting that particular school until a couple years in. Yeah. But she loved the idea of it being kids close to her own age. By then, she was maybe 13, 14, and that was close in age to the kiddos over there. And I was a Mocha Club member, I should have said, since, (laughs) I think, 2009. Oh, nice. It's about 10 years. Oh, you are like a founding generation. Almost, not quite, but (laughs) a long time. Yeah. So, yeah, Ellie um, decided to put this race together with her parents and her friends, and this race became an annual fundraiser for New Dawn School. Um, And so Ellie's Run for Africa, that's what it's called, ran for 12 years in Nashville. And it was a huge success, just a great annual thing to look forward to each year um, for families and friends and runners. And then it just got to a point that after 12 years, volunteers were feeling like, okay, we've done it for this long. We still want to support y'all, but we need we need to breathe a little bit. And Ellie went off to college. <laughs> and Ellie went off to college. And it was just time to let it rest here in Nashville. But the very cool thing that happened is Irene and her staff over the past 12 years have been so inspired by Ellie's Run for Africa and the work that we've done to support them that they decided to put together their own race in the middle of Nairobi, Kenya, which is the coolest thing. And I would even say, I don't know if I wasn't around back then, but I think I would venture to say that as we put on the race 12 years ago, the goal someday would to be for New Dawn to host their own race. And right. if to be their own thing and be sustainable and get the community in Nairobi involved. And so that's what happened. So three years ago was the first year um, that Irene and her staff put on their own race, and they named it Run for Hope. And so we got to go last year and be a part of it for the second year, which was so sweet. It was so special. It was in Karura Forest, which right in the middle of a, if you can picture Nairobi, it's like a three million person city. Uh It's big and has skyscrapers, has more billboards than you see in a lot of American cities. But Mm -hmm. right in the middle of it, there's like a really pretty park. Yeah. And I didn't see any, but who ran? You ran? Did I you see ran, a monkey? I Ballon ran. I ran the 10K. <laughs> so another funny story. Um, it was a 5K, a 10K, and a 15K. And this is like a funny story slash the sweetest story of the trip, maybe. I was running along thinking I was going to do the 5K. And all of a sudden, this boy runs up to me, one of the students at New Dawn, and says, hey, which like route are you running? And I said, oh, I'm just going to do the 5K, you know, easy. And he's like, great, I'll run with you. Which was so kind. Like, he doesn't know me from Adam, and he just thought it'd be nice to run with a friend. So I was like, yes, let's run together. That's awesome. So we started running, 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 and all of a sudden, there was a fork in the road. And (laughs) I guess I wasn't reading the signs correctly, because where I thought it said five, I think it really said 15. 
but I accidentally took it. So we ended up running way farther than we were expecting. Luckily, we got back on the 10K trail. So by the end, we had only run a 10K. But yeah, that was a That's little fun you, adventure. We think. <laughs> maybe you did run more. I mean, maybe I did run more. I don't know. <laughs> that forest was kind of confusing. But yeah, it was really fun. It's a really good time. Okay, so you already told me why you said yes to Africa. After you said yes, what were kind of your expectations or kind of your first thoughts of like, okay, I'm going to Africa. This is what I think it's going to be like. I know, Allison, you've been a couple times, so it probably was a little different for you, but would just love to hear maybe going, thinking back on your first time to Africa, like, yeah, what was your perspective going into a trip um, heading over there? Yeah, Emily Blackledge, who's Mocha Club president. Is that correct? Title? Yes, she's also the co-host to this podcast. Co-host of the she's podcast, just not more today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, sat with all of us and we talked about the specific topic. And I think sometimes that's the best thing to do is just think about it beforehand, like proactively, and sort out your thoughts. And yeah. she told. I think we asked her what What can we do for Mocha Club while we're there? And she encouraged us that the most important thing we could do was listen and look and see and take Mm. notes and learn their stories and spend time. And, and that can be such a, like a weight off your shoulders kind of lifts you up and like, Oh, I can listen. (laughs) I know how to do that. (laughs) Cause it can be scary going in a, going on a big trip and thinking, I don't know if I'm enough. I don't really know anything about this culture. I've Googled the map. I don't, I don't know exactly where we're going. <laughs> I've looked at online a little bit. I've read a couple books. And the first time I went, I really did try to read up and just anything that was about the whole continent of Africa I was reading. But I think in going, I started to learn like, it's wonderful, but it, it's not actually needed because we were going to have everything we needed once we got there just by using our ears and eyes and hearts. So I remember talking with you all about that and thinking that I could do that. I'm equipped for that. I can go and listen and learn and take notes and pictures and hear people's stories and connect with them and um, pray for them. That, those kind of skills were all that we were asked for, which is a pretty great set of expectations for us to be given for the mm. trip. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mocha Club is a little different on how we do trips. When you hear mission trip, I'm sure you have an idea of like, okay, we're going to go build a house or we're going to go dig a well or whatever it might be. It feels very like on hands experience when you hear mission trip and Mocha Club kind of tackles their trips a little differently. We think it's very important that we have a philosophy that community is more important than building. And then if we're not loving our partners well, we're not doing our job. And so when we take Mocha Club members over to see our partners and see our projects, it really is not to do a bunch of manual labor. I mean, we did help out for the race, and that was super helpful, and we did (laughs) use our muscles. Um, But the main thing that we do when we go over there is we love on people, and we hear their stories, and we show them what friendship looks like by loving them. And we always want them to remember that there's hundreds, thousands of people on the other side of the world that know them, that love them, and that are praying for them, and that are supporting them. And we can't take all 3,000 Mokula members over to Kenya, but if we can take three that represent those 3,000, it makes a huge impact. So yeah, it definitely is all about loving. I think something great about that too is, you know, I've been on the mission trips where you do the, the manual labor, but you almost come away from this with Mocha Club with a sense of peace. Mm. 
of, yes, we were in a beautiful home on the beach. And so there's a bit of relaxation because you're by the ocean and that sort of thing. But even with the people, the people that we met just had a sense of calm, Hmm. I would say. And there wasn't a rush to do. And it wasn't, we got there and somebody said, okay, you have one week and we've got to build a house or build eight houses or what that looks like. And so uh, there was a sense of peace coming through that. And you really got to truly spend that time with people and love on them. And Mm. there's something about seeing that in a child's eyes. They go from hesitant because they don't speak your language. You can't interact, uh, but you can physically interact and holding a hand, Mm -hmm. carrying a child, jumping rope without a rope, (laughs) you know, the pretend jump rope. Yes. Climbing up their slide that you are way too big for, but you do it anyways because (laughs) you can tell they want you to. There's something about walking away from that with a sense of peace. So it's almost, um, I wouldn't say relax. I mean, there is a relaxation to it Mm. um, to walk away from, you know, 10 days and you're like, this is going to be really long and this is going to be a lot of travel, but there is a sense of peace in that. Yeah. yeah. And we did. Yeah, you're right. We kind of did some tasks, but they were more driven by building relationships instead of the other way around. Like sometimes when yeah. you're painting a building in Belize, I've done that and built relationships while I did it. But instead, it's that does happen, right? Like we love that. But on these mocha club trips, it's usually like driving factor is the relationship because we and we scrubbed some cutie pies, little feet that were we, did. we helped with a medical clinic I, one day and. I mean, that's definitely not for the faint of heart. These were like hurt feet that had sometimes parasites and needed chemicals on them and stuff like that. But well, just thinking about yeah, that too is everyone wanted to help. The, and, and the children, by the time that came around when we were washing their feet, mm. they weren't shy to let us see their feet, their wounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they true. let us, you know, without hesitation because they knew they needed them cleaned and we were willing to sit down and scrub those sweet little toes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we'd already played games and ran yeah. around and held hands. You're right. It came in the right order. That it was did. That was well planned on y'all's part for sure. And, and Peter, I think he probably had a hand in that as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, you said earlier, Allison, that we encourage our trip members to change their perspective going into a trip that it's not about doing, but it's about listening. And so going into this trip, we asked our partners, like, we want to come and support y'all and love y'all. What can we do? And it looked like coming and visiting the school and just touring the facility. And then one day there just so happened to be a jigger removal that we could be a part of if we wanted. And so we did. And it always goes back to you got to listen first mm-hmm. before you start acting or else you're going to do more damage than good. And seeing <laughs> the the school and the children through the eyes of the adults who every day, day in and day out, love on those children to help them have a better life is really cool, especially when they make you eat hot peppers. (laughs) Another (laughs) funny story. (laughs) Pili pili. Pili pili. (laughs) On our garden tour one day with Peter, another Peter who oversees the garden at the school, um, he was telling us this and that. Even walking the, through the village, I thought he was so fascinating. He was telling us like papaya leaves are used for 
um, healing cuts, I think. And I was like, they are? I've never heard that one. Mm -hmm. Um, But he said something like, Plant, all plants have many uses and we use them all like very proud about their <laughs> the way that they um take that so seriously but he was so I was following along asking million questions and he was like I was like oh these peppers are beautiful innocently I'm like wow yum but they taste great and he was like try and if one any, if anybody that knows peppers <laughs> knows the smallest ones are the hottest I didn't <laughs> know that about peppers <laughs> Thanks, Catherine. Too little, too late. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, I'll try one. <laughs> so I took, a, everyone I took a giant bite out of a small pepper. and Tiny I've, pepper. I've never felt like my eyes were watering. My skin was burning. <laughs> my whole body felt heat. Like it was the hottest thing I've ever tasted. And sweet reserve Peter was laughing at the top of his lungs because he thought, I have found an American to trick this time and she has fallen hard. I think we also got that on video, so yeah. we might have yeah, to post that one video. as well. This is going to be a video series. I know, right? This turned quickly from a podcast idiot. to a video series. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay. So gosh, we could just go on and on about different parts of the trip, but I do want to quick uh, interject and just give our listeners a quick overview or timeline of what our trip looked like. Cause I know we're throwing out names like Peter and Irene and how do they all work together? So this is the quick overview of what our trip looked like. We visited two cities, Mombasa, which is on the coast, right along the Indian ocean. And then Nairobi, which is the capital city, more inland in Kenya. And um, the first three days of our trip, we spent in Mombasa with Peter. Peter started a ministry called Action Ministry and uh, Blessed Camp. And Blessed Camp is a leprosy colony that he has just invested in through um, sharing God's love, through healthcare, through just support wherever it was needed. Um, and out of that, he built some schools for the next generation um, of the community kids to go to school. So the first three days was visiting Peter, visiting Action Ministry, visiting Blessed Camp. It was a lot of just playing with kids and meeting the neighbors of the colony and um, just having a really great time, just having fun with those kiddos. And we stayed on a beautiful beach, just the best. And then the second half of the trip, the last uh, half was spent in Nairobi, Kenya, visiting Irene, who is the founder of New Dawn High School. And Nancy, oh, sweet Nancy. She's the administrator of the school, and she did a lot of the hosting for us while we were there. And she is, she's a wonderful lady, that Nancy. She's like an angel. She truly is. So that was kind of the overview of our trip. I want to hear some of y'all's favorite moments or most impactful moments of the trip that just like when you walked away from that trip, when people ask, how was your trip? This is the story you lead with. Okay. Um, Catherine, I know one that you love too was at back at Blessed Camp in the leprosy colony. Uh, we got to meet one of the one of the people who's been there maybe the longest, Mother Margaret, so they called her Maggie. She actually invited us into her home, which it'd be about maybe 20 by 30 feet, something like that, two rooms. Caleb, Peter's son, told me the front was the sitting room and the back was the bedroom. It's not what how I would have been able to imagine it, but I could see it through his eyes. And she did have leprosy, so she had you know, the markings of that on her body. But she was proud to have us in her home and we piled in there, <laughs> dirt floor and squeezed in and talked with her for a little bit and 
learn more about her story from some other people, especially Peter's wife was telling us about her and how she was not able to walk well anymore. She's very elderly, but she was the first one to church, even if she had to leave many minutes ahead of time to get there. And, and always showed up in the rain. And even, she, I forgot about that, Catherine. She always even came in the rain. And I believe their first church was under a mango tree. So the rain would be pretty pretty big deal, not what we think of as a rainy day at church. But just her her openness to us who she didn't know and her kindness and her faith and the strength of her spirit just being there, coming over and over again. And the way that Peter interacted with her, I could tell that they had a lot of trust built up. And just the way that he stopped at every neighbor's house and maybe took a bite off their plate or <laughs> had a joke or had a hug with them. Getting to be inside that community of love and knowing that it was it was so different before this revitalization started. I think that was a good picture of what it is now. And it really is a place where they take care of each other and love each other and slow down and talk and connect. Catherine? Did she steal yours? No, it's a great one, though. It it did mean a lot, and she was okay with me taking a picture, and it's one of my favorite pictures Mm, of her. It's a beautiful picture. Yeah. I'll switch to, I guess, more new Dawn, so y'all can get an idea of kind of what we were doing. Again, we were in a slum, and I would say being a typical American, sadly, you know, you go in, you don't know what you're expecting. I've never been in that kind of situation and at first you're kind of like okay I can do this but that all fell away I mean the kids in that home know love or in the slum not in a home they know love they know happiness they don't have shoes on their feet they are playing in a field of dirt not even grass and they were the happiest children to be in those situations they surrounded our van as soon as we pulled in they grabbed your hand and the fear of the dirt and the sickness or whatever you thought the germs it just kind of melts away and they wanted to be with us every step we took now once we got into new dawn we kind of um they stayed back and they ran and played or they stood by the gate and watched us and watched every step we took. But then that one point they walked us through, Nancy walked us through the slum so we could just kind of see. Um, And New Dawn specifically is a school for people in this specific slum. So we got to really see not only the school and what these children have to help them grow in their education, but we also got to see kind of where they come from. It wasn't just seeing a school that money's been poured into to help these children, but we got to see where they're living. And again, a woman who helps at the school led us into her home. And you want to have visions of someone's home in a slum, and you just don't get it until you step foot in it. And for her to be a woman, a single mother, I believe, she had twins that I think we're now in college. Yeah. Um, Amazing story. But for her, not only to be able to do that as a single mother, but there's also, even though the slum is family oriented, they take care of each other and others, children. And, but there is that fear of 
I can't imagine being a single mother and making sure my door is always locked. Because, and when I say locked for you listeners, this was with a lock, what you would lock your locker with in high school, middle school. Yeah. And to have still that fear, the fear is still there of things your home and your home that you've made your home can be taken or a male could take advantage of you. And even though you have that, you know, there's a, there's a sense of, I, I don't know how to explain it except for, but then, but my whole point of this is she was willing, just like Mother Margaret was, to let us into her home. And we went into her home and sat on her couch and visited with her. And and it just seemed normal. Like really I walked did. into Fallon's home and sat on her couch and chatted with her. And someone who, you know, knows that there is a different life in different cities and different countries. But it didn't matter. At that moment, it didn't matter. I think one of my favorite things every time I visit Africa, and specifically the first time I went, it was really not jarring, but a big like spotlight went on that showed me that there can seem to be so many differences between how we live here and how our friends live across the continent in Africa. And yes, it's true. There are differences. There's drastic differences a lot of the time. But the commonalities that exist and the things that bond us together and the things that are actually really similar are astounding to me. Like for her to invite us into our home, just like we would here, like, of course she's human and she um, has a home that she wants to bring people into and she wants to host. And I don't know, I think, I don't know what it is in our culture that uh, we see the physical differences and immediately think that means that our uh, emotional and spiritual sides of us are also that drastic, but I think it's just not that way. Uh-huh. It really is probably what bonds us most together is that spiritual, mental, uh, you know, emotional mm-hmm. aspect of who we are as humans. And it's really beautiful to just get to experience that with someone that is physically maybe so different. That's That's one great thing about Mocha Club and any opportunity anyone has to travel the world is that you realize very quickly people may live differently, but everyone is human and has Mm. love in their heart. And it's just, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I will say one great thing about the trip, I think y'all would both agree, was going to church. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Praise. Preach it. I still like have that sermon memorized. It was so good. Oh, Yeah. What about it was so, like, fun for you? Um, Everyone was really welcoming. It it didn't matter that we showed up to this huge church that we stood out, and but it just didn't matter. And we all were able to enjoy and sing our hearts and pray and be who we are together as one and knowing that we all believe in the same thing. But their music— Man, nothing like it. I know. It beats, yeah, it beats us for sure. Having church under a tent, there's something about it. Mm-hmm. And it opened with a, ro- a clip from the movie Rocky, <laughs> which is funny. <laughs> it did. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Agreed, though. But, like, words are on the screen, and we sing, and I go to church with these ladies anyway. So it, f- it felt amazingly the same in, yeah. in so many ways, too. And I thought that about a 5K. I mm. came back telling all my colleagues, like, across the country, we were – Basically, the tent guys were late, and so we only had an hour before the park closed before we got kicked out to put up everything. And, of course, 
the three of us that all do events were like, ah, we can do it in an hour. And um, I think the, the young men that were putting up the poles were like, you can't carry a pole. And we were like, oh, watch me, kid. <laughs> we carried three. I can carry, yes. I can carry three at a time. But um, every week we have a tent guy that's late in my current job. You know what I mean? So it was yes. just so funny to feel overwhelmed with the differences and the similarities all in one mm. big breath. Yes, that's um, true. But church and all the many things we did, yeah. I remember thinking that repeatedly. Yeah. And the church was such oh, such a diverse group. I sat beside a gal who worked for the UN and was in Kenya working on policy questions. And she was like looking at me, asking questions. And I was like, oh, I'm not a member here. <laughs> Did you think that? And she was like, well, I don't know. I don't go here. But she fit in much more by her looks. But clearly we were both from all over the place. So to be... Just that people wouldn't assume we maybe weren't regular members was kind of a fun moment. Yeah, that is sweet. Mm -hmm. I love that. Segwaying into this year's trip, Mocha Club Journey 2019, Miss Catherine Tuck is joining us once again. Woohoo! We're still trying to talk Allison into it, so hopefully by the end of this Maybe podcast, she'll pull she'll an Annie be... Brazier. Yeah. Annie Brazier, would you like to pay for her trip a week ahead of time? <laughs> yes. Shout out to my my fundraising skills. Put them to work. <laughs> Catherine, why are you coming back this summer? Well, as I said earlier, if I could go back every year, I would. So I can. <laughs> <laughs> so I am. <laughs> so I am. But also, I would say I spoke with Fallon about this and told the church, trying to guilt everyone to going. But um, really, Irene's husband, who is a pastor, Dennis, he said something that just kind of stuck with me. And so it's it's one of those things that, like I said, if I ever had the opportunity and the means, then I would try to go back. But he said one thing that kind of stood out, and it was that Jesus sent his son, and he didn't send money, and he didn't send a check. I know that is great as well, so please send. But it just kind of triggered something that it, there is something to be said to be in person, to be there, for them to physically see your face. And it's so much more than just getting the big check, which is great because it gives opportunity. However, people make the difference. Mm-hmm. And as Mocha Club says, Loved people love people. You got it. Got it. It's on my fridge. The magnet. <laughs> um, and even I'll say a quick story about this with Dennis. He told us there was a gentleman that always sent a large check to his ministry, and he begged and begged and begged the gentleman to come in person and see what his money was doing and see the difference he was making. And the guy said, I'm never coming. I'm not going to come. Just count me out. I will send you the money every year, but I'm not coming. And Dennis said, I don't want your money. And he stopped accepting it. And the Lord has still provided for his ministry. He didn't need that one big check every year. And so for Dennis, and I guess for me, you know, I'll send money when I can. And But again, if I could go, there's just something about being there in person. And I think there's something about when you're in need, no matter what it is, even times that we need things here, it's so much different to have someone to give you a hug. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, that saying is constantly on my mind, too, when he said, God did not send a program and he did not send a check. He sent a person. He sent his son. And even in the Bible, we see Jesus interacting with people way before he fixes their need. He asks questions and he just sits with them before healing them and before acting um, in huge ways. And I think that's just a beautiful reflection of who our God is, that first and foremost, he's just there to love us and to be with us without agenda. And it's cool to be able to hopefully reflect that when we go over to Africa and Kenya and Ethiopia and Malawi and wherever we go, that we show up. And that's our first priority in loving our people well. And there, especially when when you're visiting with kids, like little kids, like we were in Mombasa on the coast at Blessed Camp, but also like I think of those teenage girls that were at the race and we got to sit with them and talk about life and boys and school and mm-hmm. even outfits and shoes and things. And we can keep up with Irene via email and sure she's going to send updates but there's no replacement for talking to a group of teenage girls that just legitimately don't have a way to get in touch they don't have phones and easy access to computers but those visits are truly only going to happen in person Mm -hmm. I think yeah and I will also say on the flip side the reality is not everyone can travel to Africa that's not everyone's opportunity. And that is so okay because it goes back to leveraging the skills and the resources and the experiences that each of us have. The three of us have been lucky enough to travel over there, but there are a lot of people that that's not their opportunity. That's not their resource. And that's awesome because what they do, if it's giving monthly to the Mocha Club or if it's using their resources to post an event or invite their friends in or whatever it is, like each one has found their seat at the table and we're not all arms and we're not all ears and we're not all legs. Like, (laughs) thank God together we're a whole body. And so I just wanted to say, yes, it's so important to be there in person. And if you can go, go, because it will impact you so much. But I am also so very thankful for people that give and leverage themselves in other ways that might not look like traveling. And it's so important. Yeah, prayer is huge. And African leadership does such a good job of publishing prayer lists. Is it monthly? Yes, it is monthly. And can come right to your inbox and you can pray. You can do that from anywhere. And obviously it costs nothing except your time and your willingness Mm. to just to be a part of something bigger. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for saying that. So true. Actually, whenever we ask our partners what they need, I would say 99% of the time, the first thing they say is, pray for us. And we say, so many ways. We can do that. We can do that. So, okay, this is sweet. It was fun to sit in in memory lane with y'all and think back on our trip. And oh, you guys are sweet. Well, thank you so much for being here. And uh, Allison, there's still room. Is there room to come on the trip? I like that offer. (laughs) (laughs) We'll keep y'all posted to see if she makes it on the trip. Yes, we'll discuss offline. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, y'all. To be continued. Bye. 
All right, friends, thank you so much for listening in on this conversation. I hope you enjoyed sitting with us as we kind of walked down memory lane on our trip. And I hope this conversation also let you have an idea of what a trip looks like with Mocha Club. And maybe that's your part in this uh, world of making a change, that you will be a trip goer and you'll be able to love people in person on the ground. If that's you, we would love to have you join one of our future Mocha Club trips. So email me. And as always, if you wouldn't mind, hop on over to the Apple iTunes and leave some ratings and reviews. Those actually really help. So yeah, hop on over there and let us know what you think. And um, we will see you in a couple weeks. Thanks, y'all.